0: You're listening to a podcast from Blogging Heads TV. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. <laughs> Look like you've got a little, uh, is that a book? I can't read it, but you're going li- to you're about to light a candle in front of it. Maybe that will help. The title of the book
1: is, don't burn your finger, Mickey. Yeah, don't worry. It's a little shrine I have. It's it's just starting here. The book is, that, is, Hillbill, is Hillbilly Elegy by oh, JD Vance. Oh, oh by
0: JD Vance. Well, you know so, Mickey,
1: yeah, go ahead. I have some votive candles that I'll surround it with later that are electric, not not actually burning. Uh and I think we can add some JD Vance merch as the campaign progresses. Let's do that. But you know, first I've got a little visual
0: prop myself this week, Mickey, in a departure, okay? Uh-oh. Okay, okay. Okay. You know
1: do you know what this is? You know what that is? Uh a tinfoil hat, a paper airplane. An envelope an envelope with a lot of cash in it. Okay, but
0: this part of it, what is this part of the envelope called? Uh the the thing you lick. (laughs) Mickey, it's a flap. It's the envelope flap. Okay? And you know what I'm gonna be this week?
1: You're gonna create a flap. Wrong.
0: Because I'm going to be... You're
1: going to take on Eric Weinstein in a mano a mono debate. I'm going to be unflappable
0: this week, okay? Like, if this is you... This hand and this is me and you're gonna be like going mm, mm, trying to make it flap can't do it because i'm gonna be unflappable because last week you trolled me at a heatedly like- denouncing jd vance and then your little fan boys in the comment section heatedly denounced me for heatedly denouncing jd vance yeah
1: you said that because you want me to keep it up no because there were complaints that you were lethargic and you were anything but lethargic well from the previous week there were complaints that i was lethargic well, you were lethargic last week.
0: So, no, I uh, wasn't. But there's got to be a I happy we had a
1: vigorous, a vigorous ventilation of 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 the issues. Yeah, you would love me to keep that up, but I am just going to be a I picture like of equanimity, Bob. I grew up in a highly contentious family, and I'm used to people yelling at each other.
0: Well, I encourage you to try this week to troll me into heatedly denouncing J.D. Vance.
1: That was such Maybe, a pathetic you, gimmick, that flap thing.
0: <laughs> well, it was kind of a parody of of some of yours. But, oh, uh,
1: parody! I see. Well, I got to um, blow I got to blow out this scented candle before why don't overcome. you something bad could happen. But
0: yes. Um so, so but,
1: but we can save JD Vance for later. What should we talk about first? Well we got the uh, the most important thing is this big infrastructure deal, but I know you're you're you Yeah, think that's let, let's save. I mean that's too sexy to start JD off Vance, with. JD Vance, uh we have uh, Mark Milley. I was stunned. I mean, you know, know, it came out that he was he said that Trump people were brown shirts and and he he, all sorts of leaks about how he stopped Trump from bombing Iran and and how he stopped. You know, he was worried there was a Reichstag fire, all of which was fine. But it's it was so politicized. I figured he'd already quit and joined the college lecture circuit. It turns out he's still there. How could he still be chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff when he's so... Uh, vocally uh on one side. I don't think he can do it. I think he has to quit.
0: Well, first of all, as for why it happened, a book came out uh, by two Washington Post reporters, right. or it's he about to cooperate? come out, and, and they had been working on this stuff and interviewing all these people for a long time, and so they had, you know, I guess they have like remarks he made to people at the time. It's not as if he's
1: orchestrating the leaks or as if he ever planned for this to come uh, out. Our general, our general in Afghanistan, who was one of our best generals, gave a bunch of interviews to a reporter for Rolling Stone, that, 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 and it came out later, and he had to quit. Yeah, it's because funny. the quotes were bad. Okay, I can't remember his uh, name either. But by the for way, talking to reporters.
0: Yeah, remind me of his name. I know you can't remember it. I can't remember. It, I but... I can't
1: remember it, and he's dead now. He died it, in a car crash over there. Wait, he died? Oh, oh, the reporter died. The reporter died. Yeah, yeah, but the general, the general's name.
0: something. McCrystal.
1: McCrystal. I actually met way.
0: him, by the way. I actually met him. But I, I wanted. Can, as long as we're on the subject, that was bullshit. You know, Obama firing him. I mean, the way that story was built was, well, if he's going to openly disrespect Obama, he's got to go. Well, actually, that situation was analogous to this. What Rolling Stone reported was that some people claimed that he had said these things to them about Obama, whereas, you know, it was portrayed as if he's openly defying Obama. He wasn't. I mean, he he may or may not have said those things behind closed doors, but he didn't intend for them to come out. Same thing here, probably.
1: Look, at some point, if enough of your aides talk to enough reporters, people don't trust you to uh, control the next demonstration, Okay, People just what if there's a fraught situation where the army has to come in and calm things down? Do you trust this guy? Uh, the guy, he says, we're the guys with the guns. We're not going to obey anything. Uh, uh, Trump says, I'm sorry. He, you have to trust him.
0: No, uh, he didn't. And, and wait, I, wait, I wait, actually, wait, 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 wait. I he, actually
1: am not sure I trust him. He, he hasn't, when has he covered himself with glory? He didn't cover himself with glory routing the demonstrators in front of the White House either. Uh, so what's the, where's what the greatness what of Mark the demonstrators? that do you mean the demonstrators? They have to preserve him. You're talking about when
0: he was, uh, famously, uh, filmed walking with Trump to that uh, church right. in the, yeah well well i i think that was a big moment for him apparently and he was so chagrined by seeming to be part of Trump's authoritarian photo op cuz he was not only there but he was in his combat fatigues weirdly um that uh, by by one of these accounts that came out
1: this week that was
0: the turning point for him and well, he, he's like, no Moss, this ain't gonna happen well, you, again. You
1: don't want a guy who's so chagrin that he leans on one side and says no Moss," and he's all bound up in his own personal reputation and his own, uh, regrets and, and if, screw him, he should quit. Well, first of Get all. Get somebody in there who's not, who's not tormented like that, okay? Get somebody in there who's gonna make an honest judgment call. And not say, oh my god, I have to make up for this photo op with Trump, oh my god. Uh, forget it.
0: Well, that's their speculation pretty much, I mean, but, but, uh, First of all, you said he, he said, we're the guys with the guns and don't uh, follow Trump's orders. A, he didn't say that. He didn't say don't follow any of Trump's orders, even by these accounts. B, I assume that we're the guys with the guns, if he said it at all, was said in the context of, you know, Trump can't do a coup without us. Well, that's actually true. No, and I'm
1: not I- saying it was an unreasonable thing. to uh, The guys with the guns quote is not that embarrassing. Well, what is? What? What? Uh, ch- what are the firing grounds here? Uh, uh, saying that a Trump protest after the election was was brown shirts. You know, th- this, in, this jumping is another... immediately, jumping immediately to the Hitler analogy. Let me d- let me I understand. D- I understand on January sixth, jumping to the Reichstag fire, but he jumped to Hitler in November. Well, he was prescient then. <laughs> he could be prescient on the college lecture circuit.
0: Um, but this All was guys, at, no, but but wait, this was after Trump started saying, "I'm not gonna, I basically, I'm not gonna respect these election results." Right? Did he put it that way? I thought he, he virtually he stopped,
1: he stopped respecting them. He
0: conveyed that he would not respect the election results. Um, and by yet, the way, this was when this was when you were saying it was no big deal that he was saying that, and so I would, uh, I would personally take. This general uh, yeah. over you, if I in in the prescience, uh sweepstakes. Well, did, did has Trump staged the coup? No, but obviously January. Even you admitted after January sixth. Well, okay, I guess I didn't take this seriously enough. This was for real. Something something was more grave about Trump. That's true. You know, denying the election results than you had appreciated. That's that- true.
1: But oh, uh, come on! Don't take the wind out of my sails. Continue to resist. <laughs> um. Uh, and, and, you know, there's, and there's new evidence and the, and the, that book has a bunch of evidence, not conclusive that Trump, uh, was begged to stop the riot after it started and he delayed. And so that makes him culpable on that. I, I haven't seen, I haven't, I haven't read it. So I haven't seen how much evidence there is that he's culpable before of, you know, or, uh, colluding with the rioters and, and that he intended the rioters to stop the vote. Uh, that maybe that's in there too. I don't know. I don't know that it says
0: that, but it is a, an account, as you said, that's at odds with the one you gave us from Michael Wolf. These guys, this book depicts Trump as quote riveted to the TV, whereas
1: it, you were it, acting as if, for all we know, he
0: didn't even realize there were acting, people at the Capitol. I was
1: conveying what's in Michael Wolf's book, Bob. Right. Right. It's it, it is at odds with Michael Wolf's
0: account. Now the other what? interesting thing was um, apparently Susan Glasser. Uh, and her husband, New York Times reporter Peter Baker, are working I mean, on a book because as soon as this these excerpts came out, she came out with a piece in the New Yorker, basically spilling some of their reporting in their upcoming book, and that's where I think the stuff about uh people trying to get us into a war with Iran after the election
1: comes yeah. from. Um, um, the keep in mind, I don't think the po- what would really be a damning quote is if Trump said, looking at the TV, said. Ha! Huh, now Pelosi's going to get what's coming to her. You know, uh, it would be good if they got roughed up for a while. I hope they're not too gentle with these guys. Okay, that, those those sorts of killer quotes are not in there. Okay. Um, well, yeah, you're right. And, and if
0: they had said, and if he had said. Uh, hang Mike Pence rather than just tweeting as people were or, in the Capitol that or, Mike Pence betrayed the country. Or yeah, even that he, would have been even
1: worse. Or even if he cackled with glee, I'd settle for cackling with glee. All of these, glee.
0: all of these would have been more damning than the reasonably damning stuff we have. But on the, um, on the Iran thing, interestingly, uh, it, it's, it, it's funny. Um, Mike Pence who plays the good guy. On January 6th is one of the people who apparently wanted us to bomb Iran after the election. And when Millie, I think it is, like says, why do you want to bomb bomb Iran? Pence says, because they're evil. Now, meanwhile, Mike Pompeo, who I would have considered more dangerous in foreign policy, uh, than, than Pence, um, was against bombing Iran and that uh, uh, apparently was, may have been decisive. I don't know. Trump, Trump was up for grabs. They had a meeting on January 3rd and, and, and the, and, and convinced Trump not to bomb Iran, according to the Susan Glass reporting. This,
1: where did this impulse to bomb Iran come from? Was he goaded by Netanyahu or somebody? She says yes, that Netanyahu was encouraging it. You know, and
0: various hawks that he associated with was encouraging it. Was Sheldon Adelson still alive then or? I I think he was. Where was, uh, where where was was Jared? I don't know about Jared. Uh, that's a good question. I don't think she gets into that. Now the weird ambiguous thing that she reports on this January, in this January 3rd meeting is that, uh, Trump apparently I guess after they decided not to bomb Iran um asks uh asks Millie and the and the defense secretary acting defense secretary Miller uh Christopher Miller if they were prepared for July 6th the July 6th protests and they quote Trump is saying it's going to be a big deal you're ready for that right now what does that mean? You're ready for that. So I think some people are taking this as, as meaning you're ready to participate in the coup, right? Which doesn't sound plausible no, to me. On the other means- hand, does Trump think the Joint Chiefs of Staff is in charge of security for the Capitol? I mean, well, they
1: ultimately did play a role. They they they, they were they 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 were considered calling in the military, I believe. So. Well, the he, national, he, he, he wants, well, no, he, wants yeah. to, he wants to make sure that they were going to keep it under control. That was a very responsible thing for him to say. Yeah,
0: I guess it's an odd thing.
1: I don't know. I can't quite read um, it, but, but uh, uh, you know, uh, but it does indicate that he thought it was going to be wild. Uh, so, so anything so, else in that reporting? Thank you for the Susan Glasser report. Um, uh, I, I, I haven't read it all. I've just read the highlights. So, yeah. uh, but, um, I, I literally was stunned to learn that Millie was still in command. What you thought he had already stepped down? Yeah, I mean all those. Yeah, I I, I was ready to interpret you know, all the, the, the dirty little secret of all those military guys is when they when they resign, they're desperate for money. I don't know why, but they see this as their... I know why. My father was an army officer. They don't make any money. They don't make any money, and they're and they used to living high on the hog because everything's provided by free, and now they have to pay for it themselves. Please, could
0: we dissect the phrase high on the hog? Tell you what, in the parrot room, I'm going to... Do you think General Milley makes his own coffee? In the parrot room, I'm going to tell you... Do you think he does
1: his laundry the way
0: we humble Americans do? I'm going to tell you a heart-rending story about my youth. You know, being in a family of seven living on an army officer salary. This is going to, this is going to bring the tears. I mean, even Mickey Kouse is going to break down sobbing when you hear this story. I'm writing it down.
1: Bob's sad story. Um, anyway, this was driven home to me when I went to this, uh, weird people's Mujahideen conference in Paris. Which is a weird left-right, I don't know, it's an anti-Iranian organization supposedly funded by the Saudis. Wait, the MEK? You mean the MEK? MEK. There's a lot of, there's a lot of money floating around. And there were all the retired Joint Chiefs of Staff clapping along with the songs, obviously very well paid for their participation. And they actually sort of grudgingly respected the MEK, I think. But, um, uh, but, uh, but still they will do incredibly embarrassing things for money. Um, so Millie is all set to cash in.
0: That is true. In fact, only this week, uh, Michelle Flournoy, uh, who was in the running for Secretary of Defense, was a favorite at one point, was uh, seen doing an MEK appearance where she called for internal regime change in Iran. Uh, she got into a lot of trouble and walked it back. But, but MEK is famous for... So first of all, they are... They used to be on the... They're in a, a group of Iranians... Uh, and Iranian exiles or whatever who want to overthrow the regime. They're a weird kind of cult thing in a way. They used to be on America's list of terrorists because they have attacked Americans. But then Hillary Clinton delisted them, took them off the terrorist list. Thank you, Hillary. And, uh, and they pay all, they're all kinds of politicians, um, American they, politicians get
1: paid large sums of money to speak at their events and I, legitimize them. I, I don't know how much they get paid, but when I was there, I think I told you that the people there were Linda Chavez, Rudy Giuliani, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Howard Dean, Joe Lieberman, Newt Gingrich, uh, uh, and, uh, 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 uh anyway, and a bunch of reporters, bizarrely, some of whom might not have been paid, um, and uh and um but the impressive thing was the joint chiefs i mean casey all the big generals were there these former was, all retired right retired yeah point, yeah. but the weird thing is they were clapping and singing along with the semi-fascistic songs now military people like value esprit de corps and they like that they think you should sing along with the songs and that's fine it was just weird seeing our top generals singing along with this cult song
0: yeah, some people there's been speculation that MEK may have played a role in some of uh Israel's like proxy you know assassinations uh of Iranian uh scientists and or sabotage of Iranian facilities. No, they are why Hillary took them off the list is a fascinating question, but uh they are I up thought no they
1: disappeared. I didn't realize that they were back.
0: Oh they're they they they're they're always around. The MEK is always around. So
1: um now, Mickey, so, we, yeah, go ahead. No, we have a bunch of topics you don't want to talk about, so we're in trouble. <laughs> well,
0: wait, we do have, did you hear about the development in the Jeff Bezos uh rocket thing? No. So, last week, so Richard Branson, you know, moved up his launch to beat Jeff Bezos. Now, Jeff Bezos is going to go into space, although Amazon has given us a diagram showing that, Jeff Bezos is actually going to cross the line into outer space, whereas Richard Branson came up just <laughs> short of it. But, uh, or, or at least Blue Origin has given us, uh, put that on Twitter. Um, but anyway, uh, Bezos, um, this, I think Tuesday is scheduled to go up into space. Now here's the development. Uh, there was this guy who paid $28 million in an auction, uh, to right. sit alongside Bezos. He is being replaced now by an 18-year-old Dutch student, and I. And here's the headline and deck in the Times piece: Jeff Bezos picks 18-year-old Dutch student for Blue Origin rocket launch. Oliver Damon will fly to the edge of space after another passenger who paid 28 million for the seat had a scheduling conflict. Huh? He had a scheduling. He had lunch. He, he had to do he had lunch. had to rearrange
1: his sock drawer. Yeah. Um. But what movie is that from? Uh, The Sure Thing. Correct.
0: Thank you. That was good. I think maybe maybe we warmed up for that with in the parrot room a few weeks ago. It sounds familiar. Let me. Can I just say one more thing about this, Mickey? Like, Uh do just in case you have had any doubt that this whole thing between Bezos and Elon Musk and Branson is about being the alpha male. Just in case you've had any doubt, have you seen the Blue Origin rocket? It looks like a penis. I'm just gonna like for our viewers. I mean. Please, could we be more subtle than that? It's ridiculous.
1: I don't think that was intentional. I assume that that just is the way that design broke. I don't know. Elon Musk doesn't look like that. I, I, um, I, you know, I I think it's all for the good. It's like the Renaissance Italy where the rich people vie to actually achieve something. Actually, you know what? I think they're going to rue the day
0: that they did this because what's – maybe not. I might not go that far. But what is happening – with like these billionaires going up into space on a lark while like meanwhile there's like massive flooding in Europe attributed to climate change and ridiculous heat waves in the northwest of America uh, attributed to climate change is you know th- they are creating a a backlash uh against the super rich that could result in uh heavier taxation i mean the um in response to the Branson thing, uh the Congressman Rokana did this tweet that got a lot of traction about, you know, it's time for a wealth tax. I, I do think with these two guys going up in such close proximity, while we have had these, you know, unusually dramatic events that rightly or wrongly are attributed to climate change, I, I think you may you may see a wealth tax get some real traction, which would be okay with me.
1: I don't know. Um uh there's the perfect segue to talking about Congress, Bob. You can't pass that up. You open the door. How... Uh, what's happening in Congress is, is is actually pretty amazing. Uh forget what forget what they call this, the I word. Forget the I word. It we we now have a quasi parliamentary system where the party that gets a majority, even the slimmest majority, passes its whole fucking agenda in one big bill. Okay? We've been lamenting the, the we've been lamenting the separation of powers and how the framers made it very hard to do. Okay, this is the tiniest of majorities getting its will. Okay. There is going to be a big bill. Okay. I think the Democrats showed this week that they're determined. They're disciplined. They, they, you know, they Bernie, Bernie Sanders and Biden, they came to a compromise. Everybody agreed on this 3.5 billion figure. They're, they're, they're you know, they're moving ahead quite quickly as, as quickly as they can. Wait, I,
0: I hate to use the I word, but is this hard, so-called hard
1: infrastructure? No, this is the Soft. total. This is the hard together. infrastructure. There's the bipartisan hard infrastructure bill, one point, mm-hmm. one point something billion. And then there's the big democratic bill, 3.5 billion, which I think is both whatever's left of the hard and the soft. And I'm talking about the 3.5 billion. They, they're actually moving faster than the bipartisan bill. And they, so they may overtake it. And the, you know, that's going to be a problem because the, the, uh, the Democrats only bill is moving so fast that, uh, that they're way ahead of, that they're ahead of now of the bipartisan bill, which wasn't, people didn't think would happen. So, um, but the point is, there's going to be a big bill, okay? And it's going to have whatever the parliamentarian says can be in a reconciliation bill, which might include immigration amnesty, okay? Then, uh, it, it includes the PRO Act, which I didn't even realize uh, was in there. And it includes this child tax credit, which I hate, which undermines welfare reform. And it includes taxes on, taxes on the rich, Bob. That's your segue to Bezos. And, um, uh, it, the, the key, the test will be how many people in the house can Pelosi keep on board? Whatever she can get her entire caucus to agree on will pass. Now I'm not convinced that they won't throw a bunch of stuff overboard because moderate Dems will have cold feet and they, they all have sort of, veto power she can only lose three or four votes out of 200 some votes so she has to please everybody so it's going to be a lowest common denominator bill but the denominator might be pretty large it's going to be pretty massive and you're uh, predicting something will pass now I predict if you I think if they have to pass some big reconciliation bill but just my the question is will it be a watered- down shell or will it be the full progressive agenda it'll be somewhere in between but yeah that's what I'm predicting Um, the, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, I'm not saying that this child tax credit will be in it necessarily. I mean, they've already, according to David Diane, who I recommend, if you're looking for people to read, to follow what's happening, he's very well informed, doesn't waste your time. Very smart guy. How do do you spell the last name? D-A-Y-E-N. He writes for the American Prospect and he has a newsletter about this. Um, uh, and he's the one who told me that the PRO Act was in there and that, He claims that the child tax credit, which I hate, that the period has been shortened. He may already, he may talk about that it's already been shortened from down to until 2025, but I think he implied it had been shortened even more than that. So that implies that there's some discontent. The discontent probably has to do with how fucking expensive it is. It's $105 billion a year. So, uh, you know, over 10 years, that adds up to a pretty penny. Uh, so, uh, there's a tremendous incentive just to shorten that period and save a hundred billion dollars. Um, uh, anyway, I would follow David Diane. So, um,
0: if, if the, if the consensus or the bipartisan bill on hard infrastructure is overtaken by the Democrat bill on soft, does that make the hard one less, less likely to pass?
1: No, I don't think so. I think. Uh, the hard uh, – I'm always of the position that – I was always of the position that the bipartisan bill makes the hard one easier to say no to because you've got the goodies of the right. of bridges then, and then roads. Manchin, right, right, and, and You know, but uh, but that's not the conventional wisdom. The conventional wisdom is the Republicans are greasing the wheels for the Democrats because they're bringing Manchin on board and there's also some cost savings, I guess, whatever's in the hard bill they don't have to pay for in the reconciliation bill or something. Uh So – the, the the conventional wisdom is it will be a blow to the Democrats' chances if the uh if the bipartisan bill dies, uh I don't believe it. So fact, if the- I sort of think the Democrats the progressive Democrats are happy to sabotage the bipartisan bill because they don't want the moderate Democrats when it gets to the House to have leverage to say, Well, I can say no to this because I can already I can always go and boast that I've built these Bridges, so wait, you're, you're saying the bipartisan bill will be sabotaged by progressive no, Democrats? No, I don't know what's no. going to happen. I, but, you well, know, Schumer that- seems to Schumer seems to want it, so uh at least for now. So uh you know, he uh so no, I don't think it'll be sabotaged. Although it's a, it's much harder for the Republicans and Democrats to get together than it is for Democrats to get together, realizing this is their one last chance to do absolutely everything before they lose Congress. Right. So even if the bipartisan bill does fall apart, wouldn't the
0: Democrats come up with a substitute uh hard infrastructure bill they could oh, agree on? Yeah. Because they're
1: allowed to use reconciliation two more times, we think, right? Well that's sort of been we think it 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 turns out it was harder to was harder than we thought to do that. Uh but um can they do it again after this current round? I'm not sure. Uh the problem with they had trouble getting it out of committee. There was a there was a glitch. So uh they can either do it one or two more times. Uh and uh you know, but they they seem to have everything riding on this current round. Keep in mind that what they're voting for now is just before August is just the basic budget framework. So they have to pretend to pass that so then they can come back and rec- and amend it through reconciliation, which is where all the all the meat is. Uh so, um, th- this is just sort of a preliminary vote. The key vote will happen in the fall, if it happens that early at all. Okay. Uh, p- p- I think people expect it to be done by the end of the year. Okay. But, um, but
0: you, you so, now think it's likely that both will pass, that both a hard and a soft will pass.
1: Um, which no, is good. No, I think no. it's likely that, I think it's likely pass. that a big reconciliation bill will pass. At least one, and it will have hard and soft elements. I don't know if I do not know if the bipartisan bill will pass, and don't you know? Don't don't hold me to it passing. I'm not sure it'll pass. Okay. Um, I mean, there's all these talk among Republicans. Why are we playing along with the Democrats? They're just going to stick it to us anyway. The Republicans really have no clear strategy. I mean, it's it's kind of pathetic, actually. Uh, they should be making substantive arguments like that the child tax credit is destroying welfare reform and and try to make some uh, marg- Democrats in marginal seats, more conservative seats, scared that they're going to lose re-election if they vote for this in the bill and, and peel off some of the bad provisions. But they're not doing that. Um,
0: well, they need the kind of leadership they'll have in two years when J.D. Vance is the senator from Ohio. Uh,
1: That's a segue that it's awfully hard not to take. Feel um, free. Feel free. Try to fly well, me. I, okay, Go ahead. Make me as flat. long as I can talk about the child tax credit later, that's fine. Um It's quite a price to pay. um uh, uh, <laughs> I'll be brief. Uh well I don't know. I mean it's very hard to say how how well Vance is doing. I mean, I think he's doing well. He's six percent in the polls, he's you know, he's very early. It would help if I knew when this primary was being held. I've tried to Wait, find out other si- Wait, He's at
0: six percent in the Senate poll in Ohio? Yeah. That's not a very big number. You got five in California and nobody in California has ever heard of you. I mean, still, even uh, the people who voted <laughs> for you did it by mistake. And California
1: is a big state, but that was at the end of a grueling campaign, Bob. This is at the beginning of a campaign when his, uh, his, he's only begun to fight and it's a, you know, multi candidate campaign. So it's very hard to get. Massive numbers, and you you might he might you might be able to win it with thirty one percent. So is is the big number
0: still like undecided, or haven't heard of these guys, or something? No, I think
1: I think there are two candidates who are ahead of him, Timken and Mandel, but they're not wildly ahead of him, and they're two of them, though they're splitting the vote. So it's it's all it's set up for him that the thing that seems to be holding him back is his early criticism of Trump, and he's sort of been done a disservice because his. The way the press, the way his enemies on the right, and and there are many, the conventional Republicans who don't who are terrified of a guy who, you know, has Trumpy positions but doesn't talk like Trump and is sensible. The, 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 the way they portray it is as if he recently said nasty things about Trump. They were all from 2016, and when he said, "I guess I had to suck it up and be for Trump," that was about changing his mind after 2016, not recently. And what he was sucking up supposedly, I don't know if I quite buy this, was you have to suck it up and admit he was wrong. It wasn't, I have to suck it up and say things I don't believe in to gain political power. It's I have to suck it up. But he he did say, you you know,
0: Trump is like heroin for these people. He's not the real thing, right? Like, wasn't that the idea? Trump, Trump is not what they need. He, right. That right. was in, that was in
1: 2016. I believe. Well, fine. But if he ever
0: believed that, it naturally feeds the narrative that he's kind of, that, that from their point of view, that he's kind of faking now and, big, and claiming to well, love Trump.
1: It's a big diff, it's a big difference between changing your mind from 2016 and changing, and, and, and changing your mind from 2019 after Trump's been, and, and there's no evidence that he's done that. He's been pretty loyal Trump supporter, uh, since early in the Trump administration, I believe. So. Uh, people are allowed to change their minds. But it's interesting how many people in
0: the Republican establishment are, seem afraid of him, right? There was this Tom Nichols piece in, in,
1: uh. Yeah. Well, Nichols, is he, does he pretend he's not on the left? He's obviously on the left. Well, what is his deal?
0: Where did he come from? I don't know. I don't
1: know. Apparently he pretends to be a conservative, but he, he, he's obviously allied with the left. He was, he was the big, he was a big local anti Scott Walker reporter in Wisconsin. He writes for the nation for Christ's sake. Wait, um, Tom
0: Nichols does? I think so, yeah. This is Radio Free Tom on Twitter?
1: I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought, I think he saw, anyway, he seems to me like a guy on the left. He just wrote an invective, uh, a, a piece of invective, uh, in the Atlantic, uh, Right. against the which didn't really add very much. It convinced me, I mean, there's a, there's a, a place for a piece that's full of invective and it's just enjoyable to read, right? That one didn't quite make it. What no. the Atlantic, it, it, it occurred to me in a flash last week that the problem with the atlantic is it's completely humorless and full of itself and well that they, would
0: describe its editor but
1: what they what they desperately need and everything they do what they desperately need is a guy like james walcott who you enjoy reading just to read him you look forward to getting the atlantic every week cuz you can have fun reading james walcott okay there's nobody like that i mean he tried to hire that person kevin williamson but the woke people rejected it. Well, Kevin Williamson uh, wouldn't
0: have been James Walcott, for
1: God's sake. No, well, he would have been the Not nearly other side. as
0: talented a writer or as funny. He he was just, he was just like a, you know, a
1: firebrand. He he was just somebody who he would have no, gotten he, attention, but he's not like some kind of right. comic genius. No, I agree with that. The point of every Kevin Williams piece is, I am the new H.R. Mencken, H.L. Mencken, see me right. Okay. Uh, so it's, it, that gets very tiresome after a while, but he's, he's been much better lately. The, um, uh, so anyway but the point is a performative writer who you read just for the joy of reading his writing he's not it but they desperately need one tom Nichols certainly isn't it anyway uh well the good a, the news atlantic sidelines the good news is they they brought in not very
0: long ago nick nick thompson as uh the president of the atlantic he well, he had been editor of wired i think he 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 has good editorial judgment so now all we need to do is get rid of the actual editor and we'll be That's in-
1: a very good point. He's like it's like Bill Keller waiting in the basement when Howell Raines was uh dangling in the wind at the New York Times. They have the replacement ready. Uh all they have to do is all they have to do is get rid of Howell Raines and Bill Keller could take over. That's a very good point. Anyway, regime change. Nicholas Thompson's great but but he has, he has a magazine that's spending 110 million dollars a year. Well, he did you out. He, you saw this you, story about Can you the, believe that? A hundred and ten million dollars, a tenth of a billion dollars to put out the Atlantic? But they're making a lot of revenue. They only lost ten million. That's what I they think. say. And and they'll be
0: profitable in two years,
1: Bob. I know. That I was mean, the you, thing you, you that,
0: know. that Nick sent to the staff. And uh
1: Like every look, news site in, in the world, they'll be profitable in two years.
0: Lorreen Powell Jobs has some resources, you know. I'd be spending big if I had that kind of money. Right, but the one just, thing that I we'll, just wouldn't the, have the, the same one, editor. the
1: one thing that will 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 dissuade her from pouring her money into the atlantic is if it doesn't look like a success to steam and once people realize how fucking boring it is uh <laughs> it may it may lose the steam no, i'm serious if, if people as long as people are lauding the atlantic and saying how great the atlantic is it's the you know, america's destination for premium writing or what brilliant writing or whatever it, Bullshit well, that's Jeffrey what Jeff Goldberg,
0: Gold. That's what the editor said about Whatever bullshit
1: it. Jeffrey Goldberg said, as long as she thinks that, she'll pour her money. If people say, "Oh, the Atlantic is boring," she's either going to make changes or stop. Uh, financing it, yeah. You know? Well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna find that quote because it was pretty
0: bad. I, I mean, it that quote almost was the problem. What did he say? America's premier destination for brilliant writing or something? I mean, yes, come on, that's basically it. That, that doesn't rank up there with uh, the in-flight magazine of Air Force One, which the New Republic came up with. You know, um, well, there it,
1: it was in a promotional it was in a promotional context, so people always. Boast in those contexts, embarrassingly, but no. Um, but
0: you you got to do a good job of both I, I'm an I'm I'm an expert on on uh strategically savvy boasting. I'm, okay, I'm like super, I'm a, like super
1: stu- good at it. What's a strategically <laughs> savvy? I'm super good at it. Is a good start. What's, yeah, that's uh, what
0: I mean. See, that's better than saying I'm the premier destination for brilliant <laughs> writing. <laughs> I'm super good at it. Is not as bad as I'm the premier. What is the exact quote? How about Oh, How the premier all- home for brilliant mag for the premier home in America for brilliant magazine. How writing. about all the right people like Bob Wright hate us? That would be a good promotional blurb. And then you spell the first right W R I. No, that you would could be go too much. either way on that. Um, yeah, uh, we wear their scorn as a bad. We wear Bob's scorn as a badge of honor. There is what go. they should go with. It should say that on the front of every issue of the magazine. So, um. Anyway, back to Tom Nichols' piece in the Atlantic. So, I, I want to say something about, it, cause I think maybe okay. he got it, he had it the opposite of right. I mean, part of it I agreed with. He said about Vance, his attempts at authenticity are so grating because they are so blatantly artificial. In other words, his attempts to seem like an authentic Trumpist. I mean, this is what I've been complaining about is kind of the way he, 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 he says
1: all the things you're supposed to say if you're the next Trump and they just don't say seem all that the right. Things. You he, he he's actually he, he's he's secretly responsible. You you will not see him talking about stop the steal. He
0: did the equivalent of that. We talked about that. That's wh- what you trolled me with last week. He, he, ref- he because I was saying they said, do you think Joe Biden is they said the genuine president? They meant the legitimate president. Anyway, he refused to say yes. And he, he starts saying, well, legitimate questions really about the election.
1: But legitimate is a loaded word. You, you can't, you're asking for too much. If he said, is he the president and was he elected? He would have said yes. He, he didn't say, Oh, Trump really won and these voting machines sluiced the votes to Biden. He didn't talk about any of that. He said there was unfairness in the press, which there was, and that there was a lot of unfairness, which there was. Uh, he, he, he gave he, the most anodyne possible, uh, you know the trumpists know the difference between that and the real thing uh, that's the one reason he might not oh, see is because he's he's too milk toasty in his trumpism no he was pretty
0: he said some pretty election skeptical things i think he find it i deny it Fine he it. indulged the, the the uh the election truthers and was afraid of alienating them very much as that uh, q qAnon adjacent tweet that he did and i think maybe oh. deleted eventually was was an
1: attempt to indulge them. Of, of course, he's afraid of alienating them. That doesn't mean he indulged them. Well, he, anyway, he's, he's the, the, doing what he's doing what you know he's doing what Biden did with his voting rights speech, which is trying to seem as stentorian and emotional on their side as possible, which wasn't really very in this case, without endorsing their specifics.
0: Well, what, the part I think Tom Nichols has wrong. I mean, it really was not a. It, it really was. It's exactly what you said. It. The, it was an att- attempt to be funny and kind of cool, funny, and it was like dad funny and not that, funny. Yeah. It was like – because he, he, the shtick was – now, I'm not going to call him an ass and say that the problem is – I'm not going to use the word asshole. And in the end, he uses it, and the thesis of the piece is that Vance is an asshole. And I think actually the deal with Vance may almost be the opposite, that, that the reason – uh, he, he seems inauthentic in trying to be like Trump is because maybe he's actually not an asshole. I mean, like Matt, Matt Gates and Josh Hawley can do a pretty good, they can seem pretty authentic. And I think certainly in the case of Gates and probably Hawley, that may be because they are actually assholes. It's, it's right. like easy for them
1: to rev right. it up. Trump. And Trump, I think. Right. I've had some dealings with, with Vance and, and he seems completely authentic and, and totally not an asshole. Uh, he's, the problem for the reason the right is so scared of him is he's, he's hit on the formula that seems to work for Boris Johnson that seems everybody thinks will work, which is go right on culture and left on big government, affirmative government, entitlement programs, the government helping people, uh, which, which, you know, is sort of where he's heading. And, and that would displace all the old Republicans who, who, uh, who, who, who made a big deal about small government and cutting taxes and, as as uh, another Peter Thiel candidate, Blake Masters, said in Arizona, Paul Ryan thought voters wanted more immigration and less health care. It turned out it was the opposite. And that then so the, the Vance, Thiel, Masters Republican Party wants more health care, less immigration, which is the antithesis of the old Republican Party. And what's more, Vance seems like a nice enough guy who can say nasty things like, we need to control our borders. And get away with it. So he's incredibly scary to them, and they have to shoot down his missile as it's on the launch pad. So you don't which think they're trying you, to do? You don't think they fear his foreign policy? I, w- I actually don't know what his foreign policy is. Well, could you
0: find out for us? I'd like to know how uh, unflappable I can remain. I don't know whether I should find he him. Sure doesn't
1: seem like a hawk. And the Trumpist position sure isn't a hawk, and. Isn't well, I
0: mean, supposedly, but uh, then Trump
1: comes closer to
0: bombing Iran than, than anybody else has. I mean, and in fact, does bomb. I mean, he
1: he, he assassinates their. I don't uh, think. Uh, I, don't you think know, I don't think J.D. Vance is secretly related to Jared Kushner. So, um, um, I think we're safe there. But I, uh, you're that's a that's a black area. I do not know.
0: You know, somebody should do a, a good piece on Peter Thiel. By the way, he's he's more and more into politics. He's backing, you know. Vance and the other guy you mentioned. Well, sure. If those two win, he'll have 150th of
1: the Senate. What
0: well, I, uh, no, but I mean, yes. you know, come on. He, he, I agree. He, it's an important he, piece. He's a Well, plus that his whole, like, I mean, am I wrong? Or is he not a professed libertarian who makes
1: software for authoritarians? Isn't that like a big part of his deal? Uh, I you know, the, the extent to which he's a professor libertarian, he's a very complicated guy with a bunch of complicated beliefs. And I don't think saying he's a libertarian captures them. Uh, so I don't think there's hypocrisy there, but I would be interested in what his answer is there. I think he has one. I mean, now I don't know
0: what it is, but, uh, you saw my piece on, uh, his, uh, a guy who manages some of his uh, money, Eric Weinstein.
1: Yeah. We were going to get to that. Okay. Um, so do you want to get that to that here? Um, I, uh, oh, do you want no, to? No, we to don't that? have to. We can. Do I mean, to, it do, is in the
0: news. I encourage people to check out the non-zero newsletter where it can be found. But yeah, we can do subtext in the parrot room. The text is in sure. the newsletter. The subtext is in the parrot room. That can well, be the parrot room's motto. In I fact. thought
1: your article on J.D. Vance was excellent. On J.D. You no, mean on Weinstein. Eric Weinstein? Was excellent. It actually delivered the goods. I thought you were faking it all along. It turned out you actually knew a lot about Eric Weinstein and. uh I went it down it the told rabbit hole, to, it told me what I wanted to know about the guy it was not a hit piece, although I'm sure he thinks it was a hit piece. Uh, being a thin-skinned guy, and I note that the one thing I have to add is that you know you make it sound a little conspiratorial that he thinks there was a secret uh NAS study that that encouraged people to let in more H one B immigrants, saying that saying falsely there was a, a shortage of high school workers and. I think that's probably true. I mean, there's this guy, Norm Matloff, who is the expert on the subject, who thinks for himself, who wrote in response to your piece that basically saying, as, as I read it, that what Eric Weinstein said was a fairly accurate description of what happened. Uh, I don't know about that, but I actually did say in the piece –
0: Look, it wouldn't surprise. I mean, he was uh, he was talking about a National Academy of Sciences study that found that there was going to be a shortage of scientists and engineers that he says was then used to uh, build support for the H-1B provision in the 1990 Immigration Act and let a lot of foreigners in to universities and so on, which Eric is opposed to. Um, I actually said it wouldn't surprise me. You know, at the uh, at the end of the piece, I said no. That part it wouldn't surprise me if the National Academy of Sciences was like they knew. For example, university presidents would like to get cheap grad students, and I don't doubt that some tech CEOs threw in their influence, and and that there was that kind of bias. Now, whether there was first a quote secret study and then the real study, I don't know about that. But, uh, but no, my point was, the my point was, this shit happens all the time. Like, you know, you know, I mean, this is the way the world works, and it's not that he has an overly grand kind of meta theory about it, this disc thing. And by the way, I could have been harder on him. I mean, he, you know, he, I didn't, I didn't, uh, uh, th- th- there's, you, he's, <laughs> he's just an interesting guy. Uh, but, um, but no, I didn't, That's I it. didn't deny that. It's always a great thing to say. You to interview subjects. I could have been harder on you. I didn't interview him. I took. I took Are the profile subjects. Sorry. There's also there's- uh, the conversation I had with the guy who's done the critique of his grand theory of physics is actually
1: getting a lot of attention
0: right. on YouTube. Meanwhile.
1: Okay, and I haven't. Okay, so parrot room for that. Yep. Um. I what's this? Um. Yesterday was Child Tax Credit Day. The checks started to go out. These three hundred to six hundred dollar checks, three hundred dollar per kid, two fifty per kid, to basically every family, unless you make over a hundred thousand dollars. I'm they, I'm generalizing wildly, and the the point is, if you don't work at all, you still get the check. And Biden Biden's talk, you you would think you know it was all going to working families every other word biden said yesterday was working families working families unless he said hard working families uh and he 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 touted this alleged study from treasury saying that 97% of the recipients of the child tax credit will have a job or a source of self employment income and the other 3% includes grandparents taking care of their kids and people who are really disabled that's that that reeks of bullshit i mean First, the Treasury had put out a release that day. They didn't mention this study, okay? So you envision, like, did Gene Sperling, who's the point man on this, get on the phone and said, we need a statistic right away, come up with a good one. And they came up with this 97% figure. They must have counted, like, if you earn a dollar, they must say, okay, you have a job. Uh That's the only way they could have gotten a the 97%. There, there are 26 million peop- uh, children who were, Going to get more money as a result of this, what I call the Biden DOLB or the child tax credit. Uh, Of those, 8.8 million have, you know, didn't get any money before, okay? That means they made less than $2,500 a year. So they were below the cutoff. And he says that, uh, so we have 8 million who are below 2,500. And out of 26 million, he says 97% of those. Uh have jobs? No. That can't possibly be true. Unless you count every dollar, even like three dollars. Even parrot room money. They're gonna count parrot room money as having a job. Uh that's hey, not we're doing okay in the parrot room, Mickey. We're, we're over we're,
0: we're over the nine hundred uh
1: Patreons
0: number. Doing, and we got we got fine. our we're, eyes
1: set firmly on a thousand. No, we would be we would be nearing the phase out period of They the, should count us as employed. I'm joking, but they, the point is that the point is that they're counting, the, you know, small bits of incidental income. They must be counting. I, I don't know how they did it. I would like to see them justify it. It seems, it seems, uh, it, it reeks of bullshit to me. So we can count Mickey skeptical. Is that fair to say? Well, yeah, But I mean, the point is Biden is boasting. I'm giving these checks, just tax cr- credits to working families. Fine. Give them to working families. Don't give them to the non-working families and talk about how you're giving them to working families. Restrict it to the working families. Then everybody would agree you can increase the amount. You can encourage children. We cannot be like Japan. We can have babies out the wazoo uh, because most, you know, working families are most of the people. So give it to the working families and everybody's happy. No, he's pursuing the left-wing agenda of sneaking in the checks to the non-working families. So we recreate the underclass on the dull people who never get married, never go to work, and we're going to have many more families like that, and it's going to be a social disaster. And I don't when, understand why a guy like Gene Sperling, who worked for Bill Clinton, whose big achievement was ending that, is now working to undo it. It makes no sense to me. Have you asked Bruce Reed what's going on here? I haven't asked Bruce Reed. I like Bruce Reed. uh Whereas Eugene Sperling was sort of a jerk in a debate we had at KCRW, so... We're going after Gene Sperling. Oh, so it's all coming out now. So you, well, you I assume ha- Bruce Bree I don't know what Bruce Brees thinks. I haven't talked to him. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, Gene Sperling is the guy who's out front. Well, I'm glad we uncovered your Gene Sperling vendetta. Less people think you were. Gene Sperling is the point man for the child tax credit. He's a legitimate, uh you're allowed to say, Gene, what are you doing? Why do you think this is a good thing? You're undoing the Clinton's big domestic achievement. He's undoing it. Okay. I don't understand it. I mean, he can say, you know, I sucked it up and moved to the left. That's probably what happened, but, uh, I wanted to hear him say it.
0: Okay. Sorry about the vendetta.
1: Every, everybody's sucking it up here. But I, I do wonder what Bruce Reed is doing. How, what, what is, what does Bruce Reed think? What's his positioning
0: the, and what's his job?
1: He's one of the five top strategists for Biden in this secretive cabal that runs the country. Uh, you never find out anything. About what he's doing. They're all very tight lipped. There's no Maggie Haberman reporting on what they do. Hmm. Uh, hmm. and it's very curious. I don't know what, you know, wait, uh, this is a the story. There is a five person cabal secretly running the country.
0: Well, I think We're getting, getting somewhere. Fine. it's, finally. it's taken us. How long have we have been talking? 50 minutes? It's, it's Jeez. Been written. You been should leave with this
1: shit, man. This has been written up. There's Ricketti. There's Bruce Reed. There's Donilon. Uh, there are a couple other people. Uh, and 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 they're Biden's key advisors, and they send the orders down that are then carried out. I don't think Gene Sperling is one of them. So Do they invite Bruce Biden said, to the meetings? Yeah, no, they work it out with Biden. I think Biden's all there. I don't think I don't think I'm not that I'm not in the Tucker Carlson camp that they prop him up. Uh, you know, obviously they don't. He goes out and he talks very slowly, but he makes sense eventually in Biden Biden speak.
0: Yeah, but you uh, I know, think,
1: I think Biden is making the decisions. He's obviously su- susceptible to influence, but uh so is everybody. But this is not the Biden
0: speak of old. I'm sorry, the, the, the sentence structure. No, it's a is- lot worse is 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 a mere shadow of its former self, such as it was. I mean, remember the early part of the Trump administration people were arguing, I remember there was a slate trump cast episode about this that wow his his uh you know his verbal skills are obviously going downhill, and it was just kind of obviously not true. The guy had never been William Jennings Bryant. And if you compared what he said in his <clears throat> like thirties or twenties, I mean yeah, it was a little sharper. that's true of all these politicians. But there wasn't some kind of qualitative change. I think in this, in this case, it's easier to make the case that there is. I, he, I, I agree. He's still, he's still with us. Um, he never,
1: he never seems, he never seems confused or out of it or clueless or only rarely seems clueless. Put it that way. <laughs> Mickey, Kamala Harris seems Mickey, a lot Mickey's more clueless. Mickey's blurb than, for Joe Biden. He only rarely seems clueless. He, he, c- he the seems structure. Kamala Harris a lot more clueless than, than Biden.
0: Yeah, we we we're, we're, yeah, this is our, our common cause is keeping her from being the next nominee, I think. Um, although actually, I mean, you, you, uh, you might want her to be the next nominee so that your man, JD Vance or somebody can, uh, can win.
1: DeSantis Vance, take the chance. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Uh, you know, what, what you don't want is Trump again and, uh, Scott McConnell. Came up with the formulation, you know, the, you know, Trump did a lot of good for the party. He changed the party stance on issues, but now he's become a liability. It's time to retire him. Uh, and, and he, Scott McConnell, he's a conservative writer, very smart guy mm-hmm. said, uh, this is so obviously the right position that I don't understand why people are resisting it. And I agree with him.
0: You know, I'm wondering if I'm getting Tom Nichols mixed up with somebody else, but I had taken him to be, yeah, a kind of classic resistance figure, but kind of, kind of hanging out more with the conservatives in the resistance.
1: You well, are. I like. think you're confusing him with the guy who writes for the naval, uh, is a professor. Yeah, the that's naval it. Who's that guy? Who's that guy? I think his name is Nichols, too. Uh, it's also
0: confusing. Um, so can I just. I say may a- be
1: confusing. I may be confusing. <laughs> Maybe. I, I think this is the guy from Wisconsin, though. Yeah. They predict that it's all over for Scott Walker when it wasn't all over for Scott Walker.
0: Nichols. I think you're right because I once did a nasty tweet toward about one Nichols and maybe this wasn't the Nichols.
1: It's better than the Tom Franks. There are about 15 of them. There's and two. Boy, are they easy. Boy, are they easy to confuse. Two
0: key ones, both liberals or at least both, you know, somewhere in that zone. Um, so can I say something about foreign policy? Sure. I, I just want to amend. My Afghanistan remarks, uh, I think last week, either here in the parrot room, I said that our original sin in Afga- Afghanistan was, uh, arming the rebels, which is true, which is true, just treating them like, you know, fodder. And that led to all kinds of shit. 9-11 might not have happened had we not started that off, uh, in the Carter administration all the way back then, but, um, the, the other thing, and I say this because this is a week when it's becoming clear that the Taliban, you know, is, is, has like big league momentum. They could take the, there, I even heard some word of like maybe our troops are going to return to Bagram base or something that I, but maybe that was, maybe that was bullshit anyway. It's happening fast. I just want to add that George W. Bush, I mean, the, the Afghanistan war was very different from the Iraq war, both in the sense, that there was nominally a legitimate cause. They had harbored al-Qaeda as al-Qaeda attacked us, A, and B, it was a legal war because it got uh, Security Council backing. However, the truth is that the ultimatum we gave Afghanistan before we invaded, when we told them what they'd have to do to keep us from invading, it was designed to be prohibitively stiff. It wasn't just turn over bin Laden. It was, and let us come in your country and go anywhere we want and and uproot anything we designate a terrorist camp that, and so on it was hauntingly that reminiscent that's,
1: that's very similar to the ultimatum we gave Milosevic uh, uh, after the um the kosovo thing Clearly, was you know it's said mm-hmm. we can go and you have to agree that we can go anywhere in your country and do anything we want and nobody's going to agree to that and so speaking, it was designed it was designed of- for him to refuse but that does that does that vitiate the un uh, approval no, but it means – The UN we, must have known that that was going to go on. But it means that – and by the way,
0: speaking of Serbia, it's also reminiscent of all the the ultimatum Austria gave Serbia in 1914 or so, um, which was just un, unmeetable. And Serbia just bent over backwards but didn't do the politically out-and-out impossible things and as a result, World War I happened. But um, no, I'm just saying uh, it would it might have been possible to avoid this whole disaster. And, and actually get them to turn over bin Laden. And, but Bush didn't try. He didn't want that. He literally
1: did not want that to happen. Um, he wanted the, a war. Um, Mike Isakoff has a, has a uh, podcast on the, uh, conspiracy to kill Khashoggi. I don't know how you pronounce I think name, that's but, maybe about right. Um, and it, it, it uncovered all sorts of stuff like that Khashoggi was, as I was told, I haven't heard it, good friends with, Bin Laden and in constant communication with him. <laughs> was he? Uh, I th- you have to listen to the podcast, but I, you know, it it it, it complicates our view of Khashoggi. Well, he was a columnist. And maybe, Columnists yeah. need no, sources. No, I agree. I would if if I had been Laden on the phone, I wouldn't hang up with him. Totally. What the hell? Uh, but a, uh, a especially a source close Al Qaeda. Uh, so maybe he could have gotten. I don't think he could have gotten Bin Laden to come in from the cold, but um, uh. More people were in contact with Bin Laden than, than we thought. He was a great guy, you know, gave good parties. Bin Laden, toward the end of his life, he became
0: something of a recluse, as I understand it. Um,
1: the, uh, we don't remember those years. We remember the, the, uh, the go-go years.
0: Um, so, uh, oh, oh
1: also, you know, this Cuba mess. Why not? Yeah. Why is it well, I don't understand what's the big it's it's certainly not as big a mess as the Haiti mess. The Cuban mess, there were democracy protests, great good thing, they got repressed, bad thing. We condemn the repression, we call for democracy and that's all we do. I mean, it's, it, the response is so obvious. We shouldn't invade, we shouldn't bomb them. Uh maybe we maybe we sour on them and sanction them a little bit. Well, that's wait. what the Cubans do. This is progress. This we're is progress that the people are getting so okay, pissed off. Okay, but wait. There, that there they're is, actually demonstrating. There,
0: there was, there is genuine misery there amid a pandemic, and we aren't just sanctioning them a little. We're sanctioning the hell out of them. Trump is the one who brought the clamps down after Obama loosened them, and, and have Biden we, hasn't fundamentally changed that policy.
1: We, well, you, you want to respond to the Cuban repression of the protests by loosening the sanctions? Well, the, the
0: timing would be politically awkward, but we never had a right to do it in the first no place. Kidding. What? Yeah, but but, no, but see, no this is a complete fucking travesty. I mean, if we had not had a blockade for 6 decades, by the way, maybe it's not working super efficiently if 6 decades later we haven't accomplished whatever we meant to accomplish. If we had had full economic relations with Cuba since the early 60s, I think the situation would be totally different. It would be like the 51st state. And uh if- and, and also like who? What right does the government have to keep me,
1: my government, to keep me from doing business with somebody in Cuba if I want to? You've, you've picked a particularly bad time to beat this, Trump. And it's also very reminiscent of if we have full commercial relations with China, they will become more capitalist. Uh, didn't happen. They did become uh, more uh, no capitalist. Parti- no particular they, reason. No, they nope. did
0: become more capitalist. More democratic. And, democratic. And, well, actually, the people there have more freedom than they did uh during the Cold War.
1: Uh, it's entirely possible that the, the Castro would have used it to keep himself in power. He's not an idiot. And presumably he knows how to pull the strings. I mean, this is, and the, the entire bipartisan consensus was we should get rid of the sanctions. And, uh, I've talked to a few smart people who were slightly skeptical of this.
0: Wait, the, the, the consensus was get rid of the sanctions?
1: Yes. Why didn't it happen? Well, but, uh, didn't Obama get rid of it talk oh, well, yeah, talk for three
0: years? But I mean, three years out of sixty, yeah.
1: Well, but Obama was reflecting the foreign policy. But, I mean, consensus. Mickey,
0: seriously, who the fuck are we to be inflicting misery on all of these countries, and we do it, you know, Venezuela, Iran, we to, Cuba, we to, Syria, we to, we to, we during a tra- pandemic, no less.
1: We don't during the pandemic, with, we don't have to trade with people we don't want to trade with. We were a sovereign country. Well, well, guess, well then so who, we is, like a, who is, who is my government to tell me who, who is my government
0: to tell me who I can trade with? What they're right go- do they have to tell me? They tell
1: you a whole bunch of things. Well, fuck that. that what right they're, do they have
0: to tell me who I can and can't trade with? They're about
1: to tell with? you, you can't, you can't post on Facebook. That's a lot more troubling than you can't trade. We're, well, we're there's con- a lot
0: of troubling things about that. seriously though, Mickey, I mean, you, you were, really, what about you South don't Africa? have a problem. There, there was
1: a, they, I was for the South Africa sanctions and they sort of worked. That was a government telling you you can't trade with South Africa.
0: Well, that was a stronger case than Cuba, for God's sake. That was flat out
1: uh, racial
0: segregation and formalized discrimination.
1: Now we're just haggling over the price, Bob.
0: Now, give me a break. So, <laughs> why, so, okay, then, then, if there is a price, if there is some criterion, some threshold above which we do sanction people, and below which we don't, why are we sanctioning Iran, but not Saudi Arabia and, uh, and Egypt?
1: Or, you know, there's just no coherence to the thing. Cause we need, foreign policy is always a model, uh, we need Saudi Arabia and Egypt in a way we don't need Iran.
0: We don't, what do we need them for? We don't need them for shit. What do we need them for? You we need them to, to fight Iran in your mind. But but that returns
1: us to the question like what threat is Iran to us? Uh The point is that they were an active threat. The point is that they're not a they don't have a positive goodie to hand us.
0: Oh, so we should we should sanction everyone who doesn't have a positive goodie to hand. It. What would that well, be like a Snickers has complicated
1: or what? Now that we're, now that we're on the spectrum of of, of pragmatism, uh, we may decide that we need the Saudi oil and we need them to sell out the Palestinians in a way that other countries can't do. We need them to finance fo- the Wait, we need them the to M-E-K. sell out the Palestinians? Yes, isn't that what they're doing?
0: Well, among other things, but why do we need <sighs> that?
1: Because it's, it's, as long, as long as Israel's there, it's the key to peace in the Middle East. To One get key. the,
0: uh, to, to get, so, so sustaining the systematic discrimination against Palestinians is key to getting peace in no, the Middle East. No, just letting the year. Palestinians know so, so that they don't, sustaining, sustaining they don't have an unlimited the reserve of
1: support and they should cut a deal. By the I'm way, just saying that there may be considerations that are valid foreign policy considerations, and that's why foreign policy is always well, the second yeah. best uh, calculus and is not is not amenable to these blanket statements like what right do we have or what – you know, what, well, that's always about, a good question when the this government this what constrains what my freedom. What about this and what about that? Um,
0: <laughs> okay, so wait, so any, any, uh, any question about our foreign policy that assumes the form of what about this and what about that is
1: off limits? No, but it's always degenerates into yes, there are valid Look, reasons. I'm arguing
0: for coherent policy.
1: I can't tell that you
0: are. are do you think incoherent policies are better?
1: I think anything that valued, that depends on a, a balancing test and a, and a weighing will seem incoherent to some and not incoherent to others. Well, y- you should at least
0: be able to articulate the weighing in a way that makes some semblance of sense. Rather than just say, isn't Iran the evil country? That's what I've been told. That's what I said. Aren't I said the, the Palestinians the Sa- bad the Saudis, guys that we should continue the, to punish? I said the Saudis and
1: Egypt have something to offer in terms of Middle East-Israel peace negotiations and, uh, that's why we are loath to offend them. I didn't say they were the good guys. Uh, so meanwhile, I mean, as it's far as- a peace sti- goes, It's a style of argument that grates on me, that's all. Okay,
0: well how about this? As far as peace goes, uh, the biggest, uh, the most massive conflict-generated human suffering in the Middle East is the war in Yemen which Saudi Arabia basically started or massively amped up with its intervention and we're supporting them is that a good price it's, to pay it's, for, it's, for for what for the continued persecution of the Palestinians which you seem to think is this thing worth doing or something no what, i think what it's, what the-
1: i think it, i think it's a i think it's a, a horrible price to pay and i'm amazed that the biden administration is still going along with it so, but I thought you said we should support Saudi Arabia. No, I'm just saying that there are these considerations that that, that might make the policy coherent in a way that you're denying. Well, I'd you weren't hear- claiming that the I'm not claiming the policy was good. I'm claiming the policy was coherent. Okay, but what is the coherence? If you're the saying we, is we need Saudi, Saudi Arabia, Arabia, so we, we're going soft on them.
0: You said you said we should support Saudi Arabia for the sake of peace, and yet we're supporting them in the infliction of massive death and suffering.
1: Okay? So that part doesn't make any sense. Mickey. I'm not saying I agree with this. I'm just saying it's what depends how important, you know, what they have to offer is. And obviously Biden has decided it's important enough cuz he hasn't stopped them has he? Well, wait, you're saying cuz Biden does it it makes sense? What are you saying? I I no, I'm saying that the the the, the, the there is an argument that what the Saudis have to offer is so important. Yes, we should even tolerate genocide in Yemen. And I don't believe that, but uh, but there are people who do, and they're not incoherent. They're just wrong. They're not <laughs> weighing the lies in Yemen sufficiently. But it's not that they're incoherent. It's not that they're not weighing the lies in Yemen. It's that they've got the calculation wrong. So don't say that they're incoherent. Say that they're cruel and vicious and heartless.
0: Uh, okay, well, well, but there, okay, but I, I would just love to hear a rationale according to which it even makes sense. That, that, well, that-
1: remember when a certain administration came to the New Republic and we asked him, uh, and I think you asked him or somebody, uh, you know, why are we, why are we invading, why are we defending Kuwait and sending troops there? And And the answer we wanted was, uh, uh, well, there's a new world order, Bob, that's rule-based and recognizes a higher international authority and we're just following the UN resolution. And the answer we got was, well, they have a lot of oil. <laughs> okay. So if you think it's important that they have a lot of oil, that's, there that is a consideration for you.
0: Well, that doesn't make any sense in this case anyway. I mean, was I wrong to think that you are defending our policy in the Middle East?
1: You're not? Or, or are I'm you? Not. I'm not. Def- I'm attacking your argument based that tries to argue it's incoherent. It's coherent. It might be wrong. Coherent in the sense that... because you've admitted that it's a balancing test. So once you're balancing, then it is possible that there are things that justify not stopping the Saudi war in Yemen.
0: And, and and the thing you're saying that justifies, arguably, not stopping the sa or, or you know not not uh, doing a better job on uh, stopping the Saudi war in, in Yemen, uh, justifies even supporting the war, even as we speak, is uh, getting getting Saudi Arabia to, as you put it, abandon the Palestinians or something. I
1: don't think, think it justifies it, but obviously Tony Blinken does, right? Well, yeah. So, I mean that's the problem. To argue that he's wrong, don't we've been through we this is getting tiresome. Argue that he's wrong, don't argue that he's incoherent. Obviously. So are you basically saying that our policy where where that, that might outweigh the genocide in Yemen? Are you saying our policy is do whatever Israel wants us to do? No.
0: A lot of it could be explained that way, but but other than that, it's really hard for me to to see coherence in this policy.
1: Um I mean w- I mean, was I mean, it, Israel does re- want what, us to
0: have the policy we have towards Saudi Arabia and Iran and UAE. And- isn't the
1: realist position that we, we, we tolerate a bunch of bullshit in order to uh, achieve what we want and what we want might be the, you know, a, a permanent Shiite Sunni conflict where the Saudis and Iran go head to head and, and we're, we're sucking up to the Saudis to help achieve that. There are virtually no people who are
0: realists who who favor that, who think what we're doing in the Middle East makes any sense at all, if that's an answer to your question.
1: Wasn't George H.W. Bush a realist, and wouldn't he have tolerated this?
0: Wouldn't Um, Brent
1: Brent Scowcroft have tolerated it?
0: uh, They didn't have particularly – I mean, compared
1: to Trump – uh, they didn't have particularly pro-Israel policies. Right, that's my point. They were pro-Israel, yet they would have tolerated this. So it's not just we're doing Israel's bidding. It's that a realist, in a realist view of the world, you might tolerate this. Oh. Even though, even though George H.W. Bush was the toughest president I, I in Israel I don't know we've why had. you
0: think, I don't, I don't know what evidence you have that he would love this policy. I, I don't, I don't know where that's coming from, but, but well, did, contemporary did Brent, realists Brent, do not.
1: Did Brent Scowcroft spend the waning years of his life denouncing the war in Yemen? I don't think so. I
0: don't know. But when he was in office, Saudi Arabia was a totally different kind of actor. Saudi Arabia used to behave responsibly right. in the
1: Middle East. They didn't used to I'm go talking, around starting wars. I'm that, that, that
0: is a, that's a product of MBS. It's a new crazy Saudi Arabia. Yeah.
1: No, MBS is a wild man. He's insane. Yeah. And it makes no sense no. to support him. And yet we are. I agree. But I just don't think that it's incoherent to argue the opposite. I just think it's wrong. We've been through this. So anyway, you think sanctions are all these sanctions are fine? This is the classic Bob Reductio Absurdum. No, well, I just think—I
0: mean, were you or were you not defending the Cuba sanctions? No, I'm just
1: saying there's another point of view. I I, and this is a particularly inopportune moment to argue for lifting the sanctions.
0: Politically inopportune, but, but the reason right. I'm bringing it up is because it's the moment when people are t- paying attention to Cuba yeah. and saying, gosh, isn't this regime horrible? Well, the regime might not even exist had we not had this
1: ridiculous policy. Well, that's the, that's the democratic strategy. The border is collapsing. We're about to get rid of section 42, which is the health restriction, keeping out all the single men who want to come in. So Biden's about to get rid of that. So it's, 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 you know, Katie bar the door. We're going to have a huge, influx of additional uh illegal immigrants after the the hundreds of thousands that are coming in every month and so the democrats are choosing this is the moment to give an amnesty uh, you know it's it's similar timing hard to believe they'll pull it off but they might
0: well uh i'm willing to i'm willing to cease and desist if you're going to pull out the immigration card um (laughs) So um, I guess I didn't, I didn't, I didn't keep up the unflappability for a full hour and twelve. We should always stop after an hour. I can keep it up for an hour. Or whether Bob, or when Bob loses his call. Cool. I will say- I thought you were totally flapped, flap, unflapped. Well, until we got to foreign policy. Which I actually care about. The, um I will say finally, this is a good, good, good reason to get rid of the electoral college. I mean, if, 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 if the Democrats didn't think Florida was gettable as a state. Uh, it would be a lot easier to have a rational Cuba policy. Um, isn't it weird that there's two kinds of ethnic lobbies, the kind that, uh, want to overthrow the regime of the country they're associated with and, and the kind that don't.
1: Well, in, in, uh, as my friend, Annie Bardak noted the, uh, in Florida, they're, they're the latter caught, the ones kind of overthrow and there's, totally. there are three countries they want to overthrow. Cuba, Haiti, and Venezuela. We didn't even talk about Haiti. And, and they um, wait, the, the
0: Cuban exiles want to overthrow the Venezuelan
1: regime? No, the Cuban exiles want to overthrow the Cuban regime. The, the Venezuelans, Venezuelans want to overthrow the right, Venezuelan regime right. and, and they're, you know, a hundred different players in Haiti who right. think they're the next president of Haiti. Well, and witness this guy in Florida, the, the, in <laughs> Florida, the
0: Haitian doctor who they now think may be behind this thing. Um,
1: uh, anyway, um, so my friend Amy Wallace did weigh in with a very good article on the nation that I didn't make it all the way through.
0: By the way, I had a very long my sophomore roommate was a pre med from Haiti, and when I first heard about this doctor in Florida, I was hoping it would be him because so, I thought I could probably get him on my show, but it's not different
1: different Haitian doctor. That's doctrine. like That's like what Mike Kinsley used to think was the ethos of the White House correspondence dinner. We had Hitler at our table. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> I had Duvalier on my show. Yeah. I have a this is your Osama bin Laden thing. I have Osama bin Laden on the line. <laughs> That is the, that is the ethos of the establishment. <laughs> um,
0: so. Okay. Well, I have more to talk about in the parrot room. Well, I'll write it down. Hold on. Uh, we already have, we already have Bob's sad story from his youth. I, I want to talk about this guy. What's his name? Jocko something. He's the seal. Do you know that this former seal who's now Jocko something. I'll come up with his last name. No. Uh, uh, anyway, um, the wine, uh, Eric Weinstein piece will give you the, the subtext. The text is in my newsletter. We'll give you the subtext. Mickey will critique it or something and I, I will am. elaborate. I'll tell you, I'll tell you how, how, how much kinder I was than I might have been. Also, I've, I've, uh, looked a little more into Brett's stuff, uh, because again, originally the grand unifying hypothesis hypothesis was that they're both cranks. Um, we'll continue to uh, explore the Brett side. I've looked into his is both both his COVID stuff and a little more into is, his evolutionary is, biology is stuff.
1: Crank the same
0: as crackpot. You use well, those words
1: interchangeably.
0: Yeah, what happened is that I was interviewing this guy who was critiqued. Eric Weinstein's grand theory of physics and he used the word crackpot spontaneously. So that I mean, became I'm the a word. crank
1: but I deny that I'm a crackpot.
0: Huh. Well, we can explore that in the parrot room. The crank crackpot no, distinction. Um, um, uh,
1: okay, so what is your stuff? I have uh, I have an empirical observation about blacks in uh, public facing jobs. Blacks? uh, the, 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 uh there's, uh, there's the, the Aspen Information Disorder Commission, which sounds very scary. We have Abigail Schreier's book being apologized for very flamboyantly by the booksellers. Uh, wait, what's her name? Abigail Schreier. Okay. She wrote this book on trans on, uh, transgender st- uh, dysphoria in Teenage Girls and how it's sort of a hysterical epidemic. Okay. Uh, uh, and it's, uh, it's one of the most banned books in America. Um, uh, selling well. Uh, we have this, this, uh, article on how Afghans are doing all the raping in Europe. Uh, which was shocking. I missed that one. We have, uh, Ashley Babbitt. God, uh, Mickey. And-
0: how many pair of rooms are we talking about here? Now, is Ashley Babbitt the woman who was there's killed? Only three,
1: there's only like three or four things. Is she the one who killed? Ashley Babbitt's the woman who was shot in the Capitol. Yes. Right. You have more on that? Oh, I have more on that. Well, people are, uh, people are saying that the Trump Trump people are making a of her, and they shouldn't. I have,
0: I have something else to um, say
1: from, from having
0: watched that New York Times video, which I don't know.
1: I thought we should uh, maybe go back to uh, – so you said you had a couple of things about Richard Lewontin who died maybe you should pinch on oh them. I could try uh, we talked about that a little last week but okay. yeah um um we have uh is Facebook biased or does it just is it just so sophisticated that it sucks when it doesn't give you the search terms the right wing wants Facebook Mickey this uh, is like well, okay so we're not gonna run out of things we to are talk not gonna about. run out But then what if we list all these
0: things and don't get to them and people complain and demand
1: their money back? Then what? If we we don't get to them? Yeah. Okay. Because like
0: last week, somebody complained that I had said I might talk about this Russian movie, Stalker, and I didn't. So I I should talk about that, too. So now i got to add that to the list and increase the chances
1: that people will be disappointed. Um. Okay. Well, I'll stop. No, go No. We may talk about other things.
0: No, 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 no. no.
1: They're not going to lower the Medicare rates to 60. They should. No, you should have stopped. You should have stopped. (laughs) Uh, Um, uh, Diversity has become a major at universities. Seems ominous. I think that's... Yeah, that's... Uh,
0: They've they've already gotten their money's worth on that. I think you conveyed the essence of it right there.
1: Okay. Um, Diversity.
0: This is crazy.
1: Uh... Uh, Um and there's my law of success stories. So there you go. Law of okay. Success stories. So
0: Parrot Room can be found at Parrot, oh no, at patreon.com slash parrot room. Um and uh if you become patron, you're supporting like uh, you know, finer journalism everywhere. Because you know Mickey the and big the big as I said I think last time the big podcast platforms are they're going to steamroll us if 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 you know if people don't support
1: local journalism. Yeah. And you're also making us eligible for the child tax credit if Biden's bill fails, right? We'll meet the income threshold. Right. And that's important. Should we should I have children? Because we don't want Mickey to have to do <laughs> real work. Um there are all these people who say Mickey you don't work. This is work, buddy. It is work. Uh,
0: it is. People don't appreciate that.
1: I mean, I had to, I had to construct my whole shrine. Look at that! Look
0: at you the hours! Of, look at the hours that. of
1: labor that went into that. Yeah. I mean, Jesus.
0: And you think this envelope? You think envelopes
1: fall off of trees, folks? I had to go get this envelope. I had to go find it. I had to order the parrot on Amazon uh there you go and and also we have to buy batteries for the parrot uh that's a good point the batteries haven't run out yet yeah but but they will if we keep talking so
0: why don't we move it to the parrot room and and, and encourage them to smash the like button if they're still with us okay and i'm sorry i'm sorry about failing the unflappability test i think we should cut these off after an hour because I can You've, do it for that long. You flapped, Bob. You flapped, Bob. Uh, I did indeed. So we will see you uh in the pair room. See ya.